0: Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is the Daily 202 for Monday, September 30th. In today's news, talks for the whistleblower to testify before Congress are ongoing. A former senior Trump advisor chastises the president for his purported conduct toward Ukraine. And Joe Biden's allies are panicky about his ability to handle the fallout from this scandal. But first, the big idea. Nancy Pelosi did not think that Corey Lewandowski hearing the week before last went very well for Democrats. By coincidence, the embarrassing fiasco came just days before the revelation about President Trump's interactions with Ukraine's president and his alleged abuse of power in prodding a foreign government to provide dirt on a political rival. Those two events prompted Speaker Pelosi to change up strategy as Democrats launch a formal impeachment inquiry. She's largely sidelined Jerry Nadler, the liberal chairman of the House Judiciary Committee, and elevated Adam Schiff, the chairman of the Intelligence Committee. Pelosi believes Schiff is more telegenic, savvier, and could persuade independence. Schiff was a prosecutor in the U.S. Attorney's Office in Los Angeles from 1987 to 1993. Then he served in the California State Senate And defeated a Republican who had pushed for Bill Clinton's impeachment to secure a House seat in the year 2000. Pelosi made clear through this weekend that the investigation related to impeachment will focus narrowly on the Ukraine matter, a scandal she says can more easily be understood by the public than what was covered in Bob Mueller's report. On a private conference call with her members Sunday afternoon, Pelosi said public sentiment, something she had frequently cited as an obstacle to pursuing impeachment before, has begun to swing around. But according to notes shared by a person who was on the call, she stressed to Democrats that, quote, Our tone must be prayerful, respectful, solemn, and worthy of the Constitution. She told Democrats to invoke the Constitution as much as they can. Schiff, partnering with three other committee chairs, moved swiftly late Friday to issue subpoenas for documents from Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, and to set up depositions for this week with State Department officials who would have had knowledge of Trump's engagement with Ukraine, including the ousted ambassador to Kiev. One State Department official, Kurt Volker, suddenly resigned on Friday night as Trump's special envoy to Ukraine. He's the first casualty of the burgeoning scandal, and he has a deposition scheduled for this week. The intelligence panel also scheduled a closed-door briefing for Friday with the intelligence community's inspector general, whose preliminary investigation of the whistleblower complaint about Trump's call found it a matter of urgent concern. The IG is a Trump appointee. Schiff's preeminent role in all of this means Nadler and the House Judiciary Committee have been at least temporarily relegated to the wings, with their investigative work largely put on hold. Nadler now awaits direction on how to write articles of impeachment. Nadler has accepted the change in leadership as well as could be expected. Several lawmakers and aides tell my colleagues Rachel Bade and Mike DeBonis, in a show of public unity, the two men, Schiff and Nadler, appeared side-by-side at a Congressional Progressive Caucus meeting this past Thursday night. And the liberal members of the Judiciary Committee are quick to point out that they will get to add the final flourish of impeachment. Lawmakers and aides say there is a growing desire, for instance, to include an article of impeachment condemning Trump's obstruction of Congress to the bill of offenses that will be prepared by the panel. As Cedric Richmond, a Democrat from Louisiana who's on judiciary, put it, when it's time to score the touchdown, they'll give us the ball. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar as we start the week. Number one. Schiff said Sunday that his panel had reached an agreement to secure testimony from the whistleblower whose complaint launched this impeachment inquiry. He said this will happen, quote, very soon, pending a security clearance from acting director of national intelligence, Joe McGuire. But one of the whistleblower's attorneys, Mark Zaid, said in a statement late last night that bipartisan negotiations in both chambers are very much ongoing and that they're going to great lengths to ensure that the whistleblower's identity is protected. He added that no date or time for the testimony has been set. Andrew Bakaj, another lawyer representing the whistleblower, sent a letter on Saturday to McGuire expressing fear for his client's safety, citing remarks that Trump made last week calling the whistleblower close to a spy and even alluding to the death penalty. Trump attacked the whistleblower again on Twitter last night saying he has a right to know who it is so he can confront his accuser and he wants to know who their sources are. And senior White House policy advisor Stephen Miller said on the Sunday shows that Trump is the real whistleblower. Number two, Tom Bossert, Trump's former top Homeland Security advisor at the White House, said Sunday that he was deeply disturbed by the implications of the president's apparent effort to coerce Ukraine to find dirt on his political opponents. Bossard also strongly criticized the president, who he's been loyal to since leaving the White House, for furthering an unfounded conspiracy theory that the cybersecurity firm CrowdStrike played a role in shielding emails sent by Hillary Clinton and circulating allegations of Russian hacking. The U.S. intelligence community has concluded that the Russians did, in fact, hack Democratic servers in an effort to swing the election to Trump. Bossert said on ABC's This Week that he's even told Trump to his face that this is an unfounded conspiracy theory. He said Trump is motivated to keep spreading the completely defunct theory because he has, quote, not gotten his pound of flesh yet over accusations that he got Russian help in winning the 2016 election. But Bossert added, quote, if he continues to focus on that white whale, it's going to bring him down. Bossert added that he does not support impeachment and he warned against a rush to judgment. He said Trump could have legitimate reasons to have withheld aid from Ukraine. Number three, some of Joe Biden's supporters are voicing growing concern that his campaign is not prepared to weather the dual political rip currents suddenly reshaping the 2020 race, an onslaught of attacks from Trump on his family, and a tightened contest for the Democratic nomination. Several allies, including top financial backers, are weighing whether to create a super PAC to independently defend Biden and go after the president, who has repeatedly accused Biden of corruption and whose campaign this past week launched a $10 million ad blitz aimed largely at attacking Biden. And they're warning him against losing sight of Elizabeth Warren, whose steady Martian popularity has eroded Biden's standing and, in fact, given her narrow leads in several recent polls especially in the early states of Iowa and New Hampshire. Biden, who has insisted his election would return the country to normalcy, has over the past several days largely sought to avoid the political spasm in which he's now a central figure. His campaign has sent out daily statements on health care and other issues as if leaning toward predictability in a highly unpredictable time. Biden has only sporadically talked about Trump's attacks on him and his son, Hunter. At a fundraiser Saturday in Park City, Utah, the host, Barry Baker, called Trump a lying, narcissistic traitor and cheater, while Biden didn't mention impeachment or the president's dealings with Ukraine at all over the course of a 20-minute speech. Hunter Biden served for nearly five years on the board of Burisma, Ukraine's largest private gas company, whose owner earlier came under scrutiny by Ukrainian prosecutors for possible abuse of power and unlawful enrichment. Hunter Biden was not accused of any wrongdoing in the investigation. As Vice President, Joe Biden pressured Ukraine to fire the top prosecutor, Viktor Shokin, who Biden and other Western officials said was not sufficiently pursuing corruption cases. At the time, the investigation into Burisma was dormant, according to former Ukrainian and U.S. officials. Trump has delved into exaggeration and falsehood in his barrage of accusations against Biden. Yet the episode has raised the uncomfortable question for Biden, which he has not effectively answered, about whether he should have allowed his son to make money from a Ukrainian company at the same time he was overseeing the Obama administration's efforts to crack down on corruption there. Already, several of Biden's presidential foes have obliquely engaged on that topic. And on Sunday, two top Biden campaign officials sent an open letter to the heads of the major news and cable networks urging them to stop booking Trump's personal lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, because they say he lies so much about Biden. Giuliani, though, will continue to get booked. And that's The Daily 202 for Monday, September 30th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.